This is The Exchange, humanizing commerce through post-purchase connection. There's publicity, and then there's getting a nationally televised spot on Shark Tank. It's become the holy grail of publicity for the D2C and e-commerce space. And there's a few resources out there all about Shark Tank's impact on a brand. But today we're excited because we have a brand joining us whose episode just aired a few weeks ago. So everything is still really fresh in their mind. We're going to cover things like how the episode went, how to get on the show, and what's happened in the weeks since the show aired. To answer all of those, we have Lisa Baranoff, CEO and founder of Walkie Pods, joining us today. Welcome to The Exchange, Lisa. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me. It's great to, great to have you on the show, Lisa. Um, could you tell our listeners a little bit about Walkie Pause? Alex and I are both dog owners ourselves, and we've talked about this. It's one of the most interesting accessories we've ever seen. So tell us a bit about Walkie Pause. Sure. I love talking about Walkie Paws. Um, Walkie Paws are essentially the world's first doggy legging. So um, they were developed because I had a problem with my dog walking in the snow and, you know, getting ill from ingesting the snowmelt chemicals off his paws. And the dog, the, you know, the, the vet said to me, try booties. Um, I live in Manhattan. So I'd never really thought of trying booties. And when I did try them, I found I bought maybe 10 different pairs and had the same three problems with all 10 pairs, which was they were really hard to get on your dog. Once they're on, they're uncomfortable for the dog because invariably they rely on being really tight around a dog's ankles to stay on. And the most important issue is that once you eventually get out and you're walking, invariably in the snow, one of them or two will fall off and get lost often because you don't realize you're kind of walking. Then all of a sudden there's three boots and, you you know, you'll need to buy a whole new set. So I had that issue and I came from the marketing world. I'd worked for big companies like Mattel and Revlon and actually Sara Lee Hosiery, which was a hosiery company. And I think it was because of that experience that I had the idea after one of these unsuccessful walks to try my pantyhose on my poor cocker spaniel at the time. And I tied pantyhose over his front and back legs, connected them over his back in like a huge bow. And I was like, wow, this could solve all of our problems because, you know, this would keep the booties on without them having to be tight around the ankle. And because they all connected together, you wouldn't lose a booty. Even if one slipped off, you'd still have them all connected together. Um, and then they also covered more of the leg than just the boots. So that's really important with, especially I have also have a golden doodle. And in the snow, he gets, you know, full of snow um, lumps in his fur. So that was helpful to me too. So um, yeah, so that's essentially what walkie paws is, the long and the short. It's, a, it's the first um, doggy legging intended to be a better booty because they're easy to get on, they stay on, and they're comfortable for the dog to wear. And I remember the first time someone at Loop was talking about dog leggings and I had to check it out. Everyone who's listening, make sure to check out Walkie Paws. It's a super interesting product and one that I totally get. Like putting boots on my dog, my dog has very small feet and I feel like every time I take him out, he starts sprinting and running and the boots just come flying off. So I totally get the value prop of Walkie Paws. Now, before we get into some of maybe the more specifics about being on Shark Tank and kind of the ins and outs of what happened with Walkie Paws, I was hoping I could maybe ask like a personal question. When you were on Shark Tank, who was the most intimidating shark on there? I feel like this is a question that everyone's always asking one another. I'd have to say it was probably Laurie. Interestingly enough, I found Mark to be incredibly engaging because when you come out initially and you just have to stand there for a few minutes and they, you know, you're kind of looking at all of them. 
Mark was just incredibly smiley and made one feel really at home and comfortable. Barbara was also very, um, you know, she made eye contact. Um, Laurie didn't really look up from her notepad and she seemed a little bit more intimidating than than the others. Um, you know, I guess most people would say Mr. Wonderful, although I don't find him that intimidating. Um, I mean, the whole process is kind of intimidating because there you are standing in front of these, you know, awesome business people and it's um it's kind of scary it's kind of um, yeah. yeah it's 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 a fabulous experience really is i i would think so i Lori seems like one of the more intimidating sharks for sure. I, I used to think Barbara would be, and she actually spoke at a conference that I was working years and years ago and is truly one of the nicest, most down to earth people you'd ever want to meet in your life. So it's, it's, uh, yeah. And, and, and Mr. Wonderful, I know, I'm, I'm sure maybe we'll get into Mr. Wonderful later in the show, but he, he also, when you, when you see him on the show seems really intimidating, but when you hear him in interviews, he sounds like the nicest most down-to-earth, friendly guy in the world. I'd say Laurie's the most difficult to read. She's sort of very closed book and looking down at her notes yeah. a lot and not really engaging. So she's a little bit, um, yeah, she was the most intimidating sure. from from my point of view. Sure. So our audience is exclusively e-commerce brands, and I'm sure a lot of them have thought about auditioning, aren't sure what they should be thinking about, if it's even the right fit for them. Could you maybe talk to us a little bit about the process itself? So what is auditioning like at Shark Tank? So that's actually a really interesting question because, you, you know, I always had this weird feeling, even before I started a brand that I'd be on Shark Tank. I can't explain. It was like a weird kind of deja vu. <laughs> I don't know what it is, premonition, because I sort of believe yeah. in that sort of stuff. And then when I'd be walking my dog on the streets of New York, because it's kind of like an interesting product. People definitely pay attention to it, whether they like it or not, or they think it's ridiculous or amazing. People notice walkie paws. A lot of people would come up and say things and many, many people would say, wow, you should be on Shark Tank. And I sort mm. of knew that we should mm. be on Shark Tank. And I did look into it. I started the whole process of looking into it and there was an application online, which I think I did actually. And then I was planning, this was sort of last year in January, just before the pandemic. I was planning to go to one of the centers where you do the audition. I think you stand in line for half a day and you do your audition. So I was looking at when that was. I think it was going to be in New York around April. And I sort of had it on my calendar. And then very surprisingly and luckily, I just got an email out of the blue from someone at Shark Tank who said, we've seen your brand. It looks really interesting. Would you like to be on the show? So I really was approached oh, by wow. them and I was like, wow, are you kidding me? I would love to be on your show. So <laughs> that's really what happened for me. So I kind of didn't have to go through all of those loops. It still is a process. You know, still have to do lots of recordings and submit lots of paperwork. But um, it was, yeah, it, it was um, worth it, put it that way. It was worth the, worth the effort. So when you go into those recordings, like how many times do you actually record something and kind of do like a mock pitch before you get to the point where you're actually pitching and doing it in live in front of the sharks? You you don't really. You don't. You just really do them. Well, it's kind of different, I guess, with COVID as per not with COVID, because I guess when there's no right. COVID, I'm not sure how that all works. And there are probably lots of rehearsals. Here it was just all digit digitally sort of working. And I obviously mm -hmm. repeated my little script in my head over and over probably a hundred thousand times because I just wanted to make right. sure that I didn't mess that part up. That was the one part I had control over. The rest was sort of out of my control. Um, mm -hmm. So I sort of knew my script in backwards, forwards, inside out, um, set it in my sleep, 
When you ended up auditioning and being on the show, did you kind of have like a goal in mind of being on the show? For you, was it about like, were you really looking for the investment? Was it about the exposure? What is it a marketing opportunity? Like, how did you view going into the show? Well, obviously, it's incredible exposure and incredible advertising because you're really getting, you know, a, you know, your your marketing material in front of you know hundreds of thousands of eyeballs, and it's um, it's obviously a really you know well watched show, and um, that was at the at the forefront of my mind. I did really want a deal. Um, and my motivation was I started this all by myself in 2018. And as I've grown with it, I, I've made mistakes like we all do as entrepreneurs. And I figured taking it to the next level, I would love love to have had um, the advice more than anything else of a shark who could really guide me and say, you know what, don't do that. It's not going to work. It's got pitfalls, you know, go in this direction. So I was really looking for someone to help mentor the brand and, and and guide me in the right direction. And the funds would have been nice as well, because right now I sort of rely on my sales to, to get, you know, to get the money to come in so that I can finance the inventory. So it's sort of like, you know, the, the dog, you know, chasing the tail and it's, um, <laughs> it's a process. I would have, I would have loved the idea of getting funding as well to be able to produce a lot more, bring my unit cost down. Um, we also produce in China, so there's even more and more issues with getting stock in and you almost want to build it up in advance because there have been, a, I don't know if you know about that, a ton of problems with with the ports and getting production. Sure. So I was hoping to make a deal. Um, and at the same time, I didn't really didn't want to give up a lot of equity in the company because I know that equity in a company is incredibly valuable. And mm-hmm. I was not going to be short-sighted and just take any deal. So I was, I went in there with a very firm mindset that I definitely would not give up more than 10%. That was, I wouldn't go one, you know, one percentage point above mm-hmm. that. And yeah. it would need to be something that really made sense for me. And I did have in my mind that Laurie would, would be my, you know, an, an ideal shark for walkie paws just because of all of her experience with um, QVC and Bed Bath & Beyond and getting into all the retailers and her real mass market, you know, consumer goods experience. Um, mm-hmm. And Damon, I thought, might have been interesting too because he has the fashion experience um, and working with, because this is really, you know, a garment as well. It's a fashion statement, um, although it's for sure. dogs. Damon also, I had researched all the sharks before and I knew who had dogs. I knew that Damon had two dogs. I knew Laurie actually didn't have a dog and that's maybe why she didn't love it so much. She has, uh, I'm a cat. So, um, a cat person could never truly appreciate what dirty paws do to a house. Yeah. 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 And then interestingly enough, we have all these people who have cats now saying, can we put walkie paws on our cats? So that's been a whole new, new thing. So, so you, so you didn't, you didn't walk away with a deal, but clearly there's there is a there is a life after Shark Tank, um, whether you take a deal or you don't. I'm curious, like how how have the last few weeks been since the episode? So the episode aired was it it was about two weeks ago, I think. How how have things been since then? Things have been insane, absolutely crazy. <laughs> I have had to hire a second, a third customer service person because we we can't keep up. We actually put a little a cute little slogan on our website saying, you know, we've been so popular since you know, Shark Tank give us a few <laughs> days to get back to you, but we kind of need a week Adorable. to get back to people because it's um, it's overwhelming. So what's interesting is it brings so much 
from so many different angles. You know, you get people who throw money at you. I've got a lot of investors, you know, saying, I'll give you 10% for, you know, whatever for 10% or whatever for 5%. So there's a lot of investment opportunities that do come to you that obviously are not from the sharks, but are from other investment angles. So I'd say to people, if they're looking for money, you could actually make some sort of, you know, connection after Shark Tank. Um, in addition to that, um, a lot of opportunities come your way. You know, a lot of people have approached me for all sorts of advertising ideas, um, marketing ideas, things that I was thinking of that I hadn't got to, but people who have the experience to do it. Um, you know, someone approached me about sports marketing and they said, your brand mm. would be amazing for, you know, sports teams. And I was like, yeah, I thought of that because you can print anything on the fabric, but I never really mm -hmm. had the time to pursue it. So someone coming to me who's done that, who knows how to, it, it kind of opens the door. And then a lot of, you know, companies, some companies in China who had ideas for a, a better product or who manufacture rubber, who came to me and said, can we help you? So it's a little overwhelming. There's a lot of, um, a lot of stuff that comes your way and a lot of comments and a lot of suggestions and consumers who have some really great ideas, you know, vets who've approached me now that want to be spokespeople for the brand who've said, wow. you know, I've been looking for this wow. product. I never knew it existed. Um, people who have ideas who said, well, have you thought of doing this? Have you thought of doing that? So it's been, I mean, overwhelmingly good. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's just e e even if you don't get a deal, I'm sure if you get a deal, I don't know because I didn't take a deal put it that way. I, I don't know what yeah. that would have been like. I'm sure that would have been fantastic. Um, but I, I'd say to people, even if you don't do a deal, it's still a tremendous opportunity and it's great exposure. And being able to say as seen on Shark Tank just gives you that, you know, extra credibility for your brand. A hundred percent. And Lisa, if you don't mind me asking, what were what were sales like after that? Like, I feel like every person who's talking about being on Shark Tank in the past, they talk about like the night it airs and what that looks like. Did you yeah, see an explosion? Yeah. Like did you see an explosion of traffic on the the night of the airing? And did that translate into sales? Um. So yes, we did, and I was very aware of the website crashing situation. I had called everyone to do with that Shopify, GoDaddy you know, just to make 100% sure that everything, we cleaned up our website before, just got rid of anything that could have been an issue. Um, what was, what? I guess what the biggest advice I'd give to people is, is if you are filmed for Shark Tank, go ahead and buy a lot of stock. Just make sure you have stock. So um, the thing with Shark Tank is, even if you film you, there's no guarantee that you get onto the, onto the show. So I was in a situation where I didn't, know how much inventory to build up or if I should build up inventory I, because I didn't get a deal. I wasn't sure if I'd even, if the, the you know, they do air a lot of people who don't mm -hmm. get a deal, but I wasn't sure if I would air. And I guess my biggest mistake was not building up the stock because when I heard I was airing, that was early in February, um, three weeks before the air date. And that was when China was closed. It was very bad timing mm -hmm. for me because of Chinese New Year. So it wasn't like I could just mm -hmm. phone the the factory and say, you know, wrap up production, let's airship in whatever amount of goods. I literally had a month where I couldn't do that. So I did happen to have product coming in, but it was again because of a lot of the issues at the ports delayed a month. So I did a pre-sale on my website for new product. The issue with um, walkie pause is it's kind of more of an immediate purchase. People want to buy it and have it, especially when there's weather issues. Right. So we did tremendously well. Um, I think we could have done 
incrementally better if we had the stock available because a lot of it was relying on pre-order and we have you know thousands of pre-orders right now that we have to fulfill so that's great mm-hmm. um and we did sell out a lot of the stock we had you know the older stock that we actually had in in stock but that was the the biggest mistake i made i you know should have really ramped up and had you know it's kind of a Dad, if you do and dad, if you don't, it's almost like if I had ramped up and produced a hundred thousand extra pieces or whatever it was, maybe sure. it wouldn't have aired and then I would have been stuck with the stock. So <laughs> it's yeah. kind of risky, you know, there's no guarantee and you've got to take the risk. But I think that would be my biggest advice is just make sure you have stock so you can capitalize on the sales you get. Um, we're obviously doing the best we can to leverage that now by we've got people's emails, we'll be letting people know when stock comes in. Um but it would have been better to have been fully, fully stocked at the time. And just to quantify kind of what you saw there, like just for our listeners, like what what did, let's, instead of saying sales, let's say like traffic on that night of like, did are we talking like a 5X bump, a 10X bump? Like what what kind of impact did it have? Well, the, the week after, for the whole week after, my online sessions were up by 637%. Wow. So that was in the week for the week after. And sales right. increase of 504% for the week. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So wow. it's, it's, it's significant. It's really, really significant. I think, it, you know, it's significant for the first week after. And then it slowly starts to taper off. But you're still seeing higher sales than you had before. And just being able sure. to tag as seen on Shark Tank on your Google ads or, you know, your Facebook ads and on your website just gives mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of credibility. I think people know that just being able to get on that show is really tough. So just having gone through that process and even made it to be on the show gives that a, a brand um, a level of credibility that's that's really powerful. Sure. Now, since since we at Loop uh, we're we're partnered with Walkie Paws and we we help with all your returns and exchanges, have you seen a higher than normal uh, return rate? Um, have have you seen a higher like how, how is that how have that side of your business changed uh, since Shark Tank? Because most of our orders were, I'd say probably eighty percent of our orders were pre-order, and they haven't shipped yet. We don't know. We may see a high return rate thereafter. It will be interesting to see what happens. Um, we are using your Shop Now feature, which is fabulous. And what we you know we've got different fits, and often the issues people have is the product just doesn't fit their dog well, whether it's too big, too small. So what we're encouraging people to do right now with the shop now is to trade up to the new adjustable fit, which um, mm-hmm. is easier to get on because mm-hmm. it has elastic drawstring at the at the dog, you know, the opening where the legs go in. So some people may buy the um, snug fit, which has a set elastic in it, and it's good for some dogs, but for some dogs it may be difficult to get on and it may be a little too tight. So... We definitely using that feature and people often are switching to another fit or another size rather than just, you know, returning and getting their money back. I love that. And I've been using I've been using Walkie Paws's returns page in so many examples lately. I think that you guys have done a fantastic job designing your returns experience and um we'll f- we'll maybe follow up um, at some point, maybe with a blog post, Lisa, on what returns ended up doing after Shark Tank once we have a little bit more info there. And um, to make sure that we're not just talking about returns in here, I do want to maybe ask a follow-up question with, you said like things start to taper off a bit after the first couple of weeks. So does Walkie Paws have any plans to maybe 
be using what happened on Shark Tank in like upcoming marketing, upcoming promotion? Like, do you have any plans to make sure that that as it starts to trickle off, like you can kind of get to spike back up again? What's interesting is we've actually had a number of retailers approach us. So we've got new opportunities. So Chewy would like to have Walkie Paws listed, which would be a fantastic opportunity for us. And that's something we were really looking for, but hadn't had the time or the, or the energy to really pursue. So just being able to get into Chewy, we got approached by Zappos, the shoe um, retailer. Mm. So being able to oh, get wow. onto there as well. Um, and we've had a few other, you know, a lot of um, mom and pop dog stores approach us to retail Walkie Paws. So I think it will have a huge effect in a couple of months because we've got to get these products listed, go through the process, get the product from China in. So I do believe the whole year will see increased sales because of this. And, um, you know, even going forward from there, it's just, you will always be, we'll all, we always would have been as seen on Shark Tank because we were on Shark Tank. So that's something that's, um, you know, that's always there for the brand. One of the things that we ask to, to anyone who comes on the show is where they look for inspiration. So it doesn't necessarily need to be an e-com brand. Um, we've had folks who have gone so far outside of e-com with this answer, which which is which is always super interesting to us. So where do you, I mean, as an entrepreneur, I mean, you're, you, you must be drawing inspiration from someone or from somewhere. So I'm curious, like, where, where do you, where do you look for that? Yeah. So I get inspiration from so many places. Interestingly enough, not really from the dog space, because I haven't seen that much innovate. I mean, there is, there's tremendous innovation and, um, you know, new product development in the dog space, but a lot of it is not the kind of fashion forward um, creativity that I'm looking for. So I'm really looking more at the fashion world, mm -hmm. um, the human fashion world. Um, you know, I'll just look at brands that just get, you know, I get emails from one of them is a, is a brand you probably heard, never heard of called a Paris. It's a fake fur company, but I just like something about the vibrancy of, of their um, emails and their websites. So that's one that I look for. I'm just always looking for compelling, fashion-forward um, innovation. Um, and that's, you know, really the, the mantra for Walkie Paws, because Walkie Paws is a functional product, but it's also a fashion-forward product. And it's really leveraging the trend in the women's wear market towards athleisure where women walk around in their leggings all day long and that's been mm -hmm. going on for the last decade or so and then leveraging humanization in the pet industry where people are now doing more and more doing for their dogs what they would you know do for themselves so the idea of people can wear leggings dogs can wear leggings too and one of the things we're looking at as our next product development is having some matching leggings for adults and and dogs so you can really match your pup on your on your daily walks. So. You will have a customer in me and my family because the amount of years my wife has asked me for, so we have an Australian shepherd named Frankenstein and my wife, when she walks him, she, she's always, she, he has this little like reflective vest. She's like, I wish I had something that matched him. And I've looked for something exactly like that and it doesn't exist. So you have customer number one right here when that actually comes Fantastic. out. Fantastic. I'm sure you'd look really good in our heart leggings. Lots of <laughs> yes, yeah. Right. Well, we're going to yeah, do one yeah. better. We actually are making the leggings functional as well because all of our brands are really fashionable and functional so we're adding a little pocket in the legging that you can actually is designed to fit the poop bags into the roll oh. and then you can pull them through a little opening and it's a sort of hands-free walking walking your pup just you know if you need it you can pull out one of the bags and off you go very smart so that should be fun that's our next um exciting venture but again it's all it's it's looking out of the dark space and more 
at what's going on in human apparel and, you know, jewelry and even home decor, just exciting fashion forward, you know, breakout brands. And as soon as those leggings come to be and Tim puts them on, we'll make sure that we share a visual with everyone who's listening Love of Tim and the leggings. Yes. We can yeah. put that on our Instagram page. That that That's great. right. Yep. All right, Lisa, before we let you go, I was hoping we could maybe wrap this into what would your number one piece of advice be to someone who's looking to explore Shark Tank? Actually, let's maybe say like, hey, someone's been on Shark Tank, like they've actually gone on the show. Like what was your number one piece of advice to them be coming out of that? Okay, so again, if you get filmed and you you know are going to be, think you're going to be aired, get, get that stock. That's the, the number one thing. The Number two would be, you've got to remember, it's really a reality show, TV show at the end of the day. And in order for it to be aired, they got to choose between a number of different filmings that they've done. So yours has to be compelling. It has to, you'll notice a lot of them have a human interest story. I think it's, you know, my, mine didn't have the dramatic human interest story of someone who's about to, you know, lose their house and, you know, really needs the investment. But, but that type of um, human interest story really pushes the button in terms of you know what pe- what what they what the producers are looking for and sure. i think what one other piece of advice and something i wish i'd done is it's very intimidating being up there and you they shoot a lot of questions at you and right out the gate um one of the sharks asked me um how i came up with the idea and another shark asked me at the same time where i'm from or what my background is and i started answering the background question but they never came back to where did I come up with the idea? And I told you the story, the whole story about the dog mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. pantyhose. And that was kind of a, a, an interesting story that I think would have been fun. But I didn't find a way to bring that back in. And I think if you have the um, the foresight when you're up there to know what points you want to get across and make sure you say them. Now, I could have, if I'd gone back in time, said, you know what, well, let me tell you about how I came up with the idea because it's actually a really interesting story and managed to get that piece of information in there. So I think to actually lead the conversation rather than just be led, obviously answer the questions you ask, but at the same time, make sure you get your points across and the points you want the viewers to, to hear across or anything interesting that you think is very, you know, filmable or intriguing from, you know, from a production value point of view. And just make sure you have those little elements and pieces and you get them in somehow in your presentation and your, your questions thereafter. I think that's really important advice is no one knows your story and no one knows your pitch like you. So make sure you're doing the leading. The sharks are going to throw all sorts of questions at you to get the answers that they're looking for. But you know what is going to make make a great pitch. But two, it sounds like what's going to make great TV as well, because it's not just about getting on there. You need to make sure that you air as well. And I'm just going to try to do a quick summary of what you said here. And then you tell me if I missed anything. So it's making sure that you lead with your story. Make sure that you're researching the sharks ahead of time. So the fact that you went on there knowing exactly who had dogs, who had cats, you had an idea of who you want to go to. Have a goal in mind. For you, it was a mentor and advice and maybe investment as you were going into that. And then if you get on Shark Tank, make sure that you have the stock um, gear up for the airing of it because Lisa saw some crazy traffic numbers and crazy sales numbers after this aired. And then once it does air, make sure that you have things in place to keep 
the hype going as seen on Shark Tank, have a couple different marketing campaigns that you can use that leverage this. And from Lisa's experience, it sounds like a lot of people, even from outside of customers are going to be talking to you. We've had investors coming and asking you questions. We've had vets, we've had retailers. So there's been a lot of doors that have opened from this and you just need to be prepared to kind of explore a few of those. Anything that I didn't cover there that you want to add, Lisa? I think you covered it all. That's the other thing I will say, which is interesting and I never really realized, is I think a lot of businesses watch this every Friday night, looking for new companies to either invest in or, you know, partner with. So you know, that's why all these opportunities come up because people are actively using Shark Tank as a way to, you know, gauge what's new and what's exciting and what, you know, they want to, where they want to put their money or where they want to partner. So, yeah. So it's just like getting that publicity, not only in terms of selling your brand to the public, but in terms of, you know, opportunities for your brand to grow. Um, I think that's, you know, really key. Really sound advice. And Lisa, this has been a fantastic episode. This has been packed with knowledge for people. Shark Tank is something that every single e-com brand wants to do. And I think this is super value for all of them. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Tim and Alex. Thanks for having me. That's been The Exchange, presented by Luke, the returns platform for Shopify. Thanks for listening.